Gene and Roger is the story of the two most powerful, influential movie critics of their time, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. You can find Gene and Roger on the Big Picture feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick trailer. It seemed like a crazy idea for a TV show. Take two rivals and let them duke it out about movies. But Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert quickly became the most popular film critics in the country. Millions of viewers tuned in to see whether they vote thumbs up or thumbs down. This is the story of two unlikely superstars who changed the way we argue. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Brian Raftery, and this is Gene and Roger. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network recording from outside Salzburg, Pennsylvania. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. I am literally on a bike trail, Jordan. Yes, you are. Now, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know Jake is very comfortable recording on the side of the road. But this is a very special edition because, as you can probably tell from his audio, he is very much in the woods. He does not have his recording equipment, but you guys are gonna, uh, you guys are gonna be okay because you're gonna get to hear about Jake's bike trip from the bike trip. First ever baseball barbecue recorded with a live studio audience i want to shout out all the crickets bugs deer the caterpillar that fell on your head caterpillar that fell yep. on my head for making this a really special and momentous occasion for this podcast i'm nervous to perform in front of all these living creatures <laughs> baseball barbecue live yes well fortunately i am uh inside uh in a normal recording spot which is why my audio sounds okay but you know it's okay uh obviously if you're listening to this you're probably wondering wow i wonder where they are we are both um at least going we're both going to be in pittsburgh tonight uh on tuesday night for the pittsburgh pirates against the milwaukee brewers um that is the status of our trip obviously we're going to be talking a lot about our trip in the second half of this podcast but jake even though you're in the woods your job is still to talk about Major League Baseball. And I know we have not been watching that much Major League Baseball lately, but we have some trades to talk about and some trades to we speculate We literally on. have a bomb dropping right now, oh. apparently, Jordan. Oh, do we? Oh, do we? I don't know. I, 
I don't know how valid this is, but I did get a notification. Okay, I don't see anything. So break oh, the, never mind. Break the news. Never for mind. Me. Oh my! I I almost got, I got tricked, but I got a notification on my phone for a fake trade. Oh no! Oh my! It popped up on my phone. This is from someone with two hundred and thirty followers. Oh no! Oh, this is a disaster. This is a terrible start to this episode. But you know what? I'm going to excuse. Not, that's not on me. That's, that's not on me because. I saw it bop down on my phone. Like I saw the notification. We have Passin. We have Rosenthal notifications on. It's that time of the year. I saw Max Scherzer traded. I it, I didn't retweet it. I didn't. You know, I checked myself. Not not happening. Jake, I False have alarm. to say, I, I got to let you know right now. If a, if a bomb breaks, I'm going to know better than you. You're in the middle of the woods. I'll come in. I'll tell you if it's legit. All right. No more fake trades on the nah, podcast. Dude. You just tricked me. Nah, my, heart, my heart rate's like 110. Not like yours on a climb at the end of a 130 mile day. But, you know, come on. Hey, let me let me check my heart rate. I got to let me look at my monitor. Monitor. No, not 110. Okay. Um, no max shares or trade. Strike that from the record. But we are going to talk about the trade Here's deadline. Here's what I want to Jordan. say. Let's hop right. We, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is actually a good a good kind of indication of where Jake is at on this trip, which is that he's doing very, very, very well in terms of biking from point A to point B. Everything else is a bit of a mess. And so we'll get to that a little We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But you know what? We do have some real trades that did happen and some real trades that we are going to speculate will happen. Um, so let's just, we'll just go a little rapid fire because again, these were happening while you were on the bike, while I was driving uh, behind you at 15 miles an hour. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. People keep asking me, are you, Jordan, are you driving 15 miles behind Jake? No, that, why would I do that? That's really stupid. Um, so we had the trade deadline started off, I think, right after the All Star break. With Jock to Atlanta, whatever, fine, Jock's on Atlanta, cool. But what that did indicate is that the Cubs are going to start moving dudes, right? So that was a good little indication. Yeah. Okay, the Cubs are going to start moving dudes. And then Nelson Cruz gets traded to the Rays. Now we get the indication, okay, the Twins are going to start moving dudes. Okay, cool. Now we get Adam Frazier traded to the Padres. Okay, here we go. Now the Pirates are going to start moving dudes. So we have these teams. All right, yeah, the Pirates are sellers. The God, Pirates are sellers. Got it. Okay, we, we knew that. But all right, but, but it, it's, it's happening. It's, it, it has been activated, right? And so now we've seen the teams that are willing to start moving players. And that has, uh, that has kind of given us an inkling of which teams are going to be the most active here, at least as sellers. And maybe there's some surprise ones we can get to. But of the ones, of the moves that have already happened, um, which ones, uh, which ones are you feeling are going to, or maybe make the biggest impact Were you like, Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Or are you like, oh, okay, I don't really care. Nelson Cruz to Tampa. And it's not particularly close just because like, you know, there was a lot of debate last year about are the Rays a fun team. And I think that that was a stupid debate, but the fact does remain that the Rays are the best team in baseball without like a famous player. Mm hmm. Right, they don't have a famous person. If you're, if you're saying that, okay, the best teams of baseball this year, I guess maybe the Giants. Although Buster Posey is like super duper famous. Absolutely, the most famous Ray is Austin Meadows, probably Randy, maybe. Yeah, but before but like, before the World Series run, yeah, they were never a team, even as they've been good for the last half decade, especially on the offensive side. They yes. have not had a bat where you're like, oh shit, and now that's Nelson Cruz, and it's a perfect fit. Right, but it's it's more like. Nelson Cruz is a guy who I will always root for. And he is a guy who I, he's at the top of like, I want to see him get a World Series ring list. Oh, yeah. Especially with how things went back in 2011 when he was on the Rangers. So him going to a contender, that's great. 
the Rays becoming significantly more likable immediately by adding Nelson Cruz is great. Huge win for the Chicago White Sox in the short term who don't have to face Nelson Cruz in the division because I feel like he crushes them. Bad news for the White Sox in the long term because he's definitely going to face them in a playoff series and hit 12 home runs off of our friend Luke Giolito. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And, and I will say too, um, you know, Tampa, well, one thing I think we always like is new characters, right? If the Rays are going to go on another pennant run, is it going to be as interesting to have to watch the exact same team? No, right? So to add a Nelson Cruz, who's like already a huge character, a huge career, a huge, a huge obviously offensive contributor, I think that is that is very fun. Now on the flip side for the Twins, a little bit less fun. They've clearly decided, okay, we stink. This is not happening anymore. Maybe in June, you could have convinced yourself, oh, we'll get back in it. Now they're deciding, all right, it's time to turn the page. Let's get a high draft pick and, and get some prospects. It feels like every year, there's one team who's supposed to be pretty good who sucks. I'm not talking about like the Yankees. Like the Yankees are fine, right? Like they don't really don't suck, right? They're, they're not as good as we thought, but they don't suck. The twins were supposed to be in contention and they're ass, right? It feels like this happens to one team every year. And whenever it happens, the sell-off is particularly interesting. This is like a good example was the year that the Yankees like traded um, Chapman away. And they did the power rebuild, right? You have an opportunity. The twins have an opportunity if they want to remain contenders for next year, because the core of the roster is still pretty good. Right. But that being with that in mind, like Buxton being on the market is definitely interesting, uh, especially after the news that they're not going to be able to reach an extension, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we can, we can get to a little bit more of the, the speculation about what happens in the rest of the week uh, here in a little bit. Um, but a couple of the trades that have already gone down, uh, we look uh, we look to Pittsburgh, where, of course, we had Richard Rodriguez at the top of our, or at or near the top of our who's getting traded power rankings. Uh, he has not been moved yet, although it seems like that's definitely happening. Adam Frazier on the move to San Diego. Uh, Clay Holmes, who I recognized out to dinner uh, on the way to New York. Um, quickly on uh, Clay Holmes. Uh, Clay Holmes is a perfectly good reliever, whatever. That's great. But they traded, we got to tie in the trip here, the Pirates traded for an infielder named Hoy Park, who has burst onto the scene. They yeah. did? I missed oh, that. Jake, Jake didn't even see this. Yes, Hoy Park, who is a, a Yankees minor leaguer who's who's been in the system for a while, um, who signed uh, out of South Korea, out of high school, actually, and has been in the Yankee system for a few years. Uh, we just saw him in Scranton uh, on this third day of our trip. We saw him at an opposite field home run. He's been one of the best hitters in AAA uh, Scranton for the whole the whole season. And yeah, Pirates taking a fly. We, we were so sold. When we saw Hoy Park, we were like, this is great. This guy should be up instead of Glaber. There were players that you see in, in person where you're like, I'm in, right? And <laughs> yes. Hoy Park, I think on this trip, has been the single biggest revelation for us. Yeah. And for him to get moved immediately is incredible. Is he up in the bigs? I don't know. I'm not are sure. They promoting if the, him to, to the majors? Are we going to see him play tonight? I I had that thought. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Um, I would love that to be the case, but we will see. So I just wanted to mention that. And then for the Adam Frazier to San Diego deal, I mean, I think we always assumed that that it was going to be the White Sox that were going to kind of strike first on one of these infielders, whether it was Frazier, you know, Eduardo Escobar. We'll see if he gets moved. Um, but Frazier to San Diego, this is another example. This is what they did all offseason. Let's just get as many good baseball players as possible, and we'll figure out the rest later. Um, and in this case, I think the biggest reaction that I think you had when you saw this trade, when we've already talked about it uh, when it first happened, is Eric Hosmer. 
Um, so well, let's get to that in a second. But that, that's what San Diego does, right? Probably like, okay, I'm just going to keep getting more players. Okay, do we already have a player there? Great. I don't care. We just need good baseball players because that's the only chance of us catching the Dodgers and apparently the Giants too. The yeah, my immediate thought was, okay, so where does Frazier play? Right, places Frazier is definitely never going to play. Shortstop, third base. That's probably it. Second base, (laughs) he could play a lot of second, which means Cronenworth, who needs to be in the lineup, who is probably the third best hitter on the Padres right now, Mm -hmm. will be playing first base. Crone zone, crone zone, crone zone. Join me, join me, brothers. Yeah, there's nothing nothing like. And by the way, he has played some uh, some left and right field earlier in his career. And so, you know, in the outfield right now, they've got Myers, Grisham, and Pham. Myers has very much come back to earth this year. Uh, I know last year he was one of their best hitters. No, but, but I can okay, see him getting some clear, time in the outfield also. For sure, but Myers coming back to earth is still a 110 OPS plus. Like, he's not been, no one's been bad. Even Hosmer, who is certainly not good, I think he's been like a league average hitter. Which for a first baseman, that's not what you want, especially when you're paying that much money. But it's not as if the Padres have any holes. Now, it's not just not having holes to win that division. You need to be superb. And so I think Preller realizes that. I think they realized that the Hosmer contract was definitely a bit of a mistake. They're now in a very sticky situation where Hosmer is clearly an important person in that clubhouse. He's a leader on that team. All the other players like him. But does he deserve to be playing every day for a contender right now? No, he does not. And he's had ample opportunity to prove that he deserves to be playing. He has not proved that. And so now the Padres have to make a difficult decision. One that I think that they've made. Now they're currently being rumored in the Joey Gallo trade market, which is fascinating. You would think that any Gallo trade would include Hosmer and a prospect and money going back the other way. Because if they trade for Gallo and don't trade away a current player, there's just nowhere for Gallo to really be. Yeah, again, with no DH right now, um, it's, it gets pretty crowded. Unless you're basically saying, okay, Myers becomes the fourth outfielder, uh, and then we just basically have Hosmer, Profar, and uh, and Myers as our bench, and Kim as our bench, and then you know the lineup is Frazier, Cronenworth, uh, Caratini, Nola, whatever. So, yeah, man, I don't know. But I, I, is Preller going to make another move? Yeah, probably. Maybe it's just another reliever. Um, of course, he's he drafted Joey Gallo, I'm pretty sure, in, when he was still in Texas. So that is a connection that he very much has. I think that makes a ton of sense. I think they have still have the prospects to get him. Um, I don't know why the Rangers would take Eric Hosmer back unless it's like attached to C.J. Abrams or something. Um, but either way, uh, I definitely think Preller is going to remain active. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, all right. Any other? I guess Rich Hill, again, you know, this is a weird one because it's like, why are the Rays who are in it trading away one of their top pitchers? Because the Rays decide, hey, we'd rather take a fourth round catcher who I'm sure we think is going to be an all-star, but no one else cares about. And Tommy Hunter, who I'm sure will become one of the best relievers in baseball. Cause that's just how the race works. So kind of a weird move there. Uh, Bobby Wagner, can you hop on and tell us how excited you are that uh, Dick mountain is on the Mets? Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Um, actually in all earnestness, it's really cool to watch a player who just plays different than other people at his position. Like this dude, I don't even mind that he's working full counts. It's like nine straight curveballs all in the low 70s. And I'm like, you just, it's like he doesn't even know where it's going. He's like, I'm just going to throw it and hope it crosses the plate at some point. It's a lot of fun. 
he is he is very very different very different uh jake any rich hill thoughts before we move on to some some wild uh and reckless speculation any time the rich hill story and saga can continue in a meaningful manner is good it is to me rich hill is the fast and furious series um the beginning was great then the next couple of years were meh you know wasn't ideal uh and then it came back with just full force and even though it gets more and more absurd as time goes on i will watch i will watch every single time you will watch yeah i'm just glad that rich hill is out here giving jake on day nine of this trip representation that's what rich hill looks like in inning one of (laughs) every start there is no pitcher that looks more exhausted and this has been true even like when he the for the beginning of the comeback like in 2014 15 16 um, yeah, I know that he looks. Wiped. I know that he only looks wiped. I but I choose to believe that he's in awful shape. <laughs> I think that's like a funnier way to think about it. Like Rich Hillis, his, his aerobic mm. fitness is abysmal, and he's just like hanging on by a thread at every single pitch. <laughs> yeah, so Rich Hill. Uh, I mean, you can only imagine how stressed he's going to be uh, in the NLDS for the New York Mets. Uh, all right. Uh, it is time now to move to the second half of our trade deadline conversation, which is a risky one as we record here uh, around noon Eastern time on Tuesday, a few days away from the trade deadline, uh, because hopefully when you're hearing this, all these things we were about to say have not either already happened or are completely incorrect. But I got to say, I think at the start of the season, we looked at, okay, well, Trevor Story obviously is going to be well, can I, name. Can I, yeah. can I say something first? Oh, sure, please. As one of the hosts of the podcast, I feel like yeah. that is my right. That's yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's how I approach the trade deadline every year. I like to think I am generally an open-minded and optimistic individual when it comes to analyzing the sport of baseball for the masses. When it comes to the trade deadline, that is the opposite. I always, for whatever reason, I'm like a huge cynic about it. I'm like, this is going to be boring every year. Like the two weeks before, like this is going to be boring. No one's going to get dealt. Like we're going to get like a couple relievers are going to move, and like that's going to be it. And then every year, a couple cool things usually happen. But for whatever reason, the next time around, my brain's just like, yeah, okay, Adam Frazier, biggest name at the deadline. All right, cool. So I have that same thought process this year. And just know that as we talk about the trade deadline. Because again, I think coming into it, we were like, okay, the Cubs will watch Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, they've got to trade him. And then maybe Gallo, right? Okay, maybe Gallo. But now, now that the Nationals have gone in the toilet, things have really and the twins obviously as we said are bad and are willing to really possibly you know shake things up now we've got some huge names on them now listen jose ramirez always in these discussions i don't think jose ramirez is going to get traded but like there there's there's now some huge names the fact that trey turner is even being thrown about is insane to me of course scherzer is going to be the biggest name on the pitching side that i think people are going to watch but the fact that turner's now in it the fact that now buxton as we mentioned earlier is kind of being thrown out there as a possibility since he turned down an extension from minnesota and now i think the the title for who's the biggest name traded uh i think could this could go in, in a few different directions. If you had to guess, I, I think I was on record a month ago, even before all these other names come out, that I, I think Gallo is going to be the biggest one. And that's maybe also me saying that I think Gallo is better than Brian and Story, which is maybe a hot take considering how good Brian, uh, Brian has been this year. Um, but what do you think? If, if you had to guess on one of these gigantic superstar names to get moved, who would you pick? I would pick Brian. I don't mm-hmm. think that Story will move. I know that's kind of nuts. <laughs> wow. 
I just yeah. I just don't know who's in charge in Colorado. I know, like I know. I, I just know. don't know who's pulling the strings. And uh, I mean, I think they should trade him, but that fan base likes watching Trevor's story play. And if you get to do that for another two months and then get a top draft pick for it, like whatever. You know, I don't think that's really the end of the world. Um, I think Bryant will get dealt because I think the Cubs are going to fully tear it down. I think Bryant is a hotter commodity than Story. Uh, oh, easily. Just, be- just because of how much time Story's missed this year. And Bryant's been Bryant's on fire. Been, he can play multiple absolutely. positions. Like, he fits in a lot more places. I do think Buxton will get moved. Oh, boy. Um, I think- that is such a tough one, man. Like, he, I mean, remember, he looked like AL MVP for the first month. When he's been on the field this year, he has been every bit as unbelievable as you could imagine. But the, I mean, again, some of it's his fault. Some of it's his, not his fault. But he's and when I say fault, I just mean that like he's been injury prone in the past. And that's what I mean by fault. But like, obviously, when he gets hit in, by a pitch, that's not his fault. Well, um, like the, the, but, that's a difficult yeah. conversation with him and like the word injury prone, because on one hand, like the what allows him to do incredible things makes him more injury prone. And this is the case, not just with Buxton, right? Tatis. And Trout, like when you are an elite athlete doing like sensational things on a nightly basis, you're putting your body more at risk compared to a guy like, here you go, Robinson Cano. I know he was on the peds, but he was never injured because he was jogging a lot. And people used to give Cano a lot of crap for that, remember? Like, but at the same time, like he never had a pulled hamstring. Like he was never, Never he didn't miss days in the lineup. Same thing with Machado, right? Same thing with a lot of other players who, you know, when you're not throwing your body around, it's easier to say that Harper is another example of a guy who gets injured a lot because of how much force he's swinging with and how hard he's running all the time. And Buxton just falls into that category. And that, this is a good example of why we, as a fan base, like, you know, as baseball fans can't have nice things. It's like the best things are often the most fragile, right? Yeah. Like Cal and Ripken. Bucks- Cal Ripken, God bless him. Like he wasn't, he was awesome. I he's my favorite player when I was a kid, but he wasn't like, you know, Tatis level athleticism. Certainly like he wasn't jumping out of the TV. Right. That was exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. And, and the B- Buxton man, that is the, I feel like Barrios is probably more likely to get moved um, just because he's maybe more of a safer commodity where it's like, again, if you're trading for Buxton, of course he's tantalizing and he's not just, he's not a free agent until after next year, I believe. But um, who knows how, who knows if, if he's, well, what, what is he? Well, how much, how many games are you getting from him? But boy, that would be really, really, and also like a really kind of a sad end for the Buxton yeah. Minnesota story. Um, I mean, it's just bad timing with how terrible they've been this season, but like, right. boy, that's that's a fun one. Uh, other teams that I am uh, particularly watching closely to see if, as always, I mean, as always, the Yankees, as always, the Yankees, because the Yankees fans, as we've talked about, feel a divine right to whoever the top player on the market is. They say, well, you future Yankee, future Yankee, future Yankee, future Yankee. Well, so far, they've gotten Clay Holmes. Uh, we'll see who else they can uh, bring in via trade and how aggressive Cashman is willing to be, especially if they're willing to go over the imaginary luxury tax. Um, and then I got to say, Jake Mintz, it is time for me to mention the fact that the Seattle Mariners <laughs> have been the best team in baseball since June 17th. And that is a long stretch of time, as Jake Mintz is currently now showing me on the Zoom, something that I cannot tell what it is. He is on mute. He's showing me a bike path. He's Sorry, there was a helicopter like right above my head. <laughs> that was weird. 
like very low. And Sorry, you're in the talk woods. about the Mariners. Okay. Talk about the Mariners. Talk about the Mariners. You're you're good. You're good. Uh, so these Seattle Mariners, uh, since June 17th, have the best record in baseball. I yep. don't know what to do about that. They're what one game I'm out of the wild card spot. It even one game back. They're one game out of the wild card spot. They just came back from seven nothing against the Astros, uh, and now in a year when we came in, and even when they were good, it was like ah, but they'll fall out of it and trade Hanniger and trade Graveman and trade whatever. Uh, you can't do that now. Absolutely not. Whether they're going to make the playoffs this year or not, that would be such an unbelievable slap in the face um, that you you cannot do that now. Jerry Depoto. Trader Jerry is on record saying that they are not interested uh, in acquiring players that will only be there for this year, kind of acknowledging that, like, look, like, okay, could we trade for Trevor Story or Chris Bryant? I guess, but we know we're not definitely going to win the pennant this year. Maybe we sneak in, maybe we don't. It's not worth giving up future assets if we're just going to have it for this year. So who we we hear? We heard they were in on Frazier, who's got another year. We heard they're in on Whit Merrifield, who has another year. John Morosi had the audacity to put Trey Turner and the Mariners in the same tweet this morning, which sent me into a complete panic attack. So I I don't know how crazy Jerry's going to get this week, but he has to do something. I don't know what it is, but he has to do something because this team is obviously not very complete. And uh, I read a great fun fact, which I think was in, in Ken Rosenthal's article this morning, which is that, of course, the Mariners are all these games over 500, one game out uh, with a minus 49 run differential, Jake Mintz. And do you know, I did not know this. I guess we, maybe you said this when we talked about the Marlins, the last team to make the playoffs with a negative run differential. Do you know the last team? The 2012 Orioles. Ooh, good guess, I think. But no, it was the 2007 Diamondbacks. Uh, the 2007 Diamondbacks were the the most recent team to do so, uh, which, again, I don't really remember anything about the 2007 Diamondbacks, but um, that's pro- there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> which said they probably weren't very good, and then they made the playoffs. Uh, so I don't know. This Mariners team has been has been unbelievable to watch. By some like clutch factors, they're like two times more clutch than like every than even the second most clutch team in baseball, which is crazy. Uh, it is, which is also clutch. Yeah. Clutch is also like luck and 100%. fluke, and it's part you know, of yeah base baseball dice rolls. I think they're they're relief they're they're number one in reliever war on Fangraphs, which is crazy because we're talking about Paul Seawald and Drew Steckenrider and Kendall Graveman and JT Shagwa, like dudes that no one's ever heard of or cares about. Um, but look, man, I I've mean, heard they, of Paul Seawald. You and guess what, Jordan? I got yeah. some news. I miss him. Every single day. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. Paul Seawald um, would be an absolute bullpen game hero this year for the Mets. <laughs> JoJo Seawald, baby. JoJo Seawald has been just racking up the views, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> but the thing about the Mariners right now, Jordan, is like if they trade for a guy with more than one year on the contract, it can't be an outfielder. Pro- probably not. Because the, the that team, probably not, right? Because Hanager Lewis... Julio Kalanick over the next two years. That's a lot of players in the outfield. So what in that mind, in my mind, that takes them out of the Gallo market because a team that can, you know, play Gallo in the outfield is going to be willing to give up more than a team that has to stick them at first base or DH. So I think what might make sense for them is an arm, a starter, maybe. I was going to say Barrios. Barrios makes sense for them. Whit Merrifield does make sense to them. I know he's been declining a little bit, but he would still help them a lot because of how left-handed uh, their lineup. They've just faced so many. Well, they've ended up facing so many lefties recently. Um, but I think Merrifield would make sense. 
Uh, and then I mean, Trey Turner would be. I mean, I'd I'd lose my mind. So I want to shut that down. A, a I don't lot. think Trey yeah. Turner's going anywhere, and I don't think yeah, obviously Juan so Soto's not going anywhere. Like, yes. I also don't think Scherzer's going to go anywhere. I the, the issue with Scherzer is his contract is so funky with all the deferred money that the Nats would need to figure out how that gets paid and whether the team that trades for him would pay it or whether the Nats would pay it. And I just think that's like a lot of shit to do in the next three days. That yeah. like I think logistically it's just too much of a haul and he's not going to get through. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Rosenthal had some notes about that actually, um, which is basically that it, it, I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but it actually would be less than you think. Like you would take the luxury tax hit, but you, they would not actually be responsible for as much as you would think because of the deferred money and because some of it was a signing bonus and the signing bonus is all in the Nats. That does not uh, go over to the other team that he would be traded to. So uh, still a fair point. I mean, it is a very complicated contract. Yeah. So we'll see if that is able to get moved. Uh, all right. Any other names or teams if, that you're... If, if I was yeah. the Padres, if I was Preller though, I would be looking at that. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. to me, that's... The, the Padres don't need Joey Gallo. Like, if they can get Joey Gallo and get rid of Eric Hosmer and, like, give up Robert Hassel, like, I would think about that, right? But I think the priority there is a starter, especially because Blake Snell has not been good, and, like, that's a problem. Now, so, yeah, I would be looking at Scherzer. Anything else for the trade deadline, Jordan? Any other notable stuff? Uh, I don't think so. I think, uh, again, but like you say, like the way this works is there's something we're not even, we haven't even mentioned and, uh, and, and we'll see, we'll see how far the twins go with that's bucks. And we'll see if the Cubs trade someone other big besides Bryant, right? A guy like Baez or Contreras, um, cause that's when, or Kimbrel, I think Kimbrel is definitely the other big one. Oh, Kimbrel. Yep. Yep, Kimbrel is definitely the other big one. And as usual, I mean, I think we, you, our, our, our matchmaker friend, uh, I, I believe, said Toronto, right? So the Blue think, Jays. <laughs> Blue Jays. So I think they would they would love to have him up there. Um, by the way, I just remembered Blue Jays uh, coming back to Toronto later this week. So that will be very cool. Very cool. Uh, imagine Kimbrel coming in to close out the first game back in Toronto. Oh, wow. Baby, there's an image for you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, Jake will tell you about his bike trip from New York to Chicago, which originated on this here podcast, Baseball Barbecue on the Ringer Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples 
free shipping and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save 40% site-wide. 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back here on Baseball Barbecue. And if you've been following along here this podcast, follow us on Twitter at SespinsBBQ. You know that Jake has been talking about this bike ride from New York State to Chicago because he didn't think the White Sox would hire Tony Larissa. No way. They would never do that. Okay, they did. It happened. He planned many months and trained many months to bike from New York State to Chicago. And we are currently in the middle of that trip, not even quite halfway yet, as Jake records from the Pennsylvania woods. Uh, but we wanted to check in and tell you how it's been going because, of course, if you've been following us, you could tell we, we are having a very good time. We've certainly had some uh, road bumps, <laughs> literal and figural, uh, figurative along the way. Uh, Jake Mintz, how are you doing? And uh, what would you like to tell people about your journey so far? Well, I just want to kind of give an overview about where we're at. I mean, this is day number six. Um, on my way to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which in my mind has kind of been like the middle point of the trip, that if I can get to Pittsburgh, the rest will be easy uh, because it is less mountainous. I had the longest day of the trip yesterday, which was 130 miles, which is the most I've ever biked in a day. And it was over 7,000 feet of elevation. I was on the bike for nine hours. I was tired. I was tired this morning when I woke up, um, believe it or not. Um, but no days of rest, Jordan. I'm like a overused college pitcher from rice in 2006, right back at it the next day. Shouts out uh, full of umber. Yeah. Shouts out to, uh, oh, what was the name of the coach there? Wayne Graham. Wayne Graham's like, <laughs> yes. get back on your bike, Jake. Uh, yes, obviously you have, uh, have kept it going. Uh, no, no day, no Sabbath for you. You just keep on biking. <clears throat> now we saw a game last night was the first uh, day we did not have a game. Of course, we will be back back at the ballpark tonight in Pittsburgh. Uh, we stopped in Somerset to see the AA uh, Yankees, the Somerset Patriots. Then we went to Lehigh Valley to see the AAA Phillies. Then we saw the AAA Yankees in Scranton. And then we saw the MLB Draft League, uh, the new MLB Draft League team in Williamsport, the Crosscutters, uh, used to be short season team. Uh, it is worth noting that home teams are 4-0 uh, in the first three games. First two games, we saw absolute blowouts from the home teams. Uh, last two games, a little bit closer, but home teams have been doing very, very, very well. I would say uh, all of our stops along the way, the people have been wonderful. The people have been patient and understanding of Jake's needs upon arriving at the ballpark very sweaty. There has been uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no no logistical errors uh, or issues on, on that side. Uh, certainly had some some timing uh, problems, um, which we will get into in our Good, Bad, Ugly segment. Um, but... Uh, beyond that, it has been it has been very fun to be back on the road again. Of course, uh, many of you uh, probably know that we used to do these road trips all the time uh, when we were in college, but that was five years ago. And so now to be back on the road and being at a different minor league park every day has been uh, delightful. And just talking to minor league people again who are so happy to have minor league baseball back in their lives, uh, seeing baseball players that are non-major leaguers that we're learning about and, and experiencing for the first time is is a great feeling. We mentioned Hoy Park earlier. That's a great example of one, but there have been a few guys that have caught our attention um, that have been really fun. Um, any other kind of big picture things that we've experienced so far? Uh, again, if you want all this information, you can obviously, we have it on Twitter. We're not going to run through the whole trip and what we have ahead of I, us. I should but, mention, yeah. we've raised almost our goal uh, for Lost Boys Inc. in Chicago. I think we're somewhere near like $14,000 of the 15 that we were trying to raise. So hopefully, I think we're going to up that goal to 20. So thank you to everybody who donated. I know that I owe many on the bike shout outs. 
it turns out that remembering to do those while your heart rate is high is very hard. So I that will get that better is, at hey, it. You got plenty more hours on the bike to, to knock those shout outs out. Yes. But again, if, if you have donated, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the money we've raised. We might have to raise that goal a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, already that's like the whole point, right? And we're, we're, that's where we're going to hope to. Yeah hope to really, really uh, put that money towards some good use. So we're pretty excited about that. So keep those donations coming and Jake will get to those shout outs uh, eventually. Uh, Bobby Wagner, we welcome you in here to Baseball Barbecue, uh, the podcast that you produce. And we just wanted to take a couple minutes before we get to Good Bad Ugly and let Jake continue biking. Um, just a couple minutes of, of, of questions. Um, what, 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 how are you feeling as you've, now I'll give you Jake, just a little bit of background. I've called Bobby a couple times while I've been on the road, uh, driving, um, you know, from spot to spot. So I've given him a few updates, but we wanted to give Bobby a little bit of a chance to ask Jake, you know, head on, you know, how's this going? Because Bobby, this is, this is your fault, sort of, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's Wait, not your fault, my but fault, not your fault, not your fault, but, but, but you, you are the, as a good, this is a good thing, right? You mm-hmm. have been part of the person that is that has held Jake to this. Yeah, right? I'm the enforcer. The, uh, other producers would have been like, ha ha, okay, we forget about it, move on. No, that has not been that's the case not me. for you, Bobby Wagner. I'm not a and forget so, about it and move on kind of guy. You are you are a that's part That's really of the, honestly yeah, yeah. a lot of that is Donnie Kwok's fault for not eating the food. Right. If Donnie Kwok had done it, well, I could see it cutting both ways. If Donnie Kwok had done it, that sort of establishes a precedent, you know, that ringer people yeah, follow right, through right, right. on their promises. That's um, true. Jordan has called me multiple times, including during Ringer MLB shows, to update me about Jake's legs and Jake's general sweat level, and Jake's general demeanor. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm doing swell. Jake, uh, you don't have to give me an on-the-bike shout-out if you don't want. You know, you got too many backing up. I'll accept this as your on-the-bike shout-out. Recording shout the out podcast to Bobby Wagner. several times during the trip. Um, yeah, I, I have some questions. Uh, I, think, I think first thing the listeners want to know is what hurts the most? What hurts the most on so, your body? My heart, no. Uh, what hurts the most in my body is my quads. Um, but it's weird. They hurt when I touch them uh, off the bike. My quadriceps, quadriceps, they hurt a lot. But as soon as I'm on the bike and I'm pedaling, there's really no pain. But like, you know when you do the stretch where you pull your leg back behind you and you feel it down yeah. the front side of your quad? Can't really do uh-huh. that anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's not really jiving with me at the moment. What and month it, do you think it'll be before you can do that? Oh, I'll, you know, maybe a, a week after I'm done with the ride. Um, and then the other thing that hurts the most is my, my tuchus, my tuchus, my butt, my ass. Um, I, as I tweeted last night, I am not experiencing any Andrew Chafin. Uh, I have been, I have, I've been Craig Kimbrell instead, uh, a better closer, I guess. Not really a good joke. Anyway, I have not been shaving, but I, I do have butt sores, like my butt is just bruised and hurts a lot Yeah, from, from sitting on a saddle yeah. for 28 hours of time. Uh, but that's what hurts the most. And then my hands kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Are you wearing gloves? I assume. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Jordan, I have a question for you. What, what is Jake's general demeanor been like when he shows up at the games? Is it like same old Jake? Is it like Jake minus 40%? Is it like, Jake delirious like what what has it been like yeah definitely all those things I would I would get hit you with the little all, all of the above um I think uh generally no I mean especially the first couple of days when we were getting there really early and we actually did uh, a lot more work at the ballpark which was not as much the case um the the, the previous two nights which we will explain it, again good bad ugly for at least one of those um but but uh but no I would say I would say pretty 
pretty okay. I mean, I think definitely the first few innings of the game is just a lot of like kind of, you know, thousand yard stare. Let me sit in my seat and just kind of understand what just happened. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit of, little bit of crankiness here or there, but then once we get some food, more, some more food in him, he kind of rallies and kind of settles back into normal Jake by about the fifth or sixth inning. And then we're good for the rest of the night. And then we, we do it all again. So is that, I don't know, is that, is that how it feels, Jake? Am I, am I, yeah. am I misrepresenting anything? I, I, I would say that there are aspects of my personality that are heightened by my exhaustion. Um, notably losing, misplacing items, dropping items, <laughs> like yep. leaving, leaving the car keys on the roof of the car was a bad mm-hmm. one. Um, yep. I can't tell you how many times I've dropped my phone on this trip. There's just the general level of like discombobulation is higher for me when I'm off the bike. When I'm on the bike, I feel fine. I'm in control. But like, it's like Michael Phelps out of water. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just a little, when I get to the park, a little rushed and a little out of sorts. Just growing a sweet say, beard, like, doing commentating at the Olympics, you know, taking bong rips. See, I didn't even know he was doing the Olympics because I haven't been able, I haven't watched a second of the Olympics. Currently going on in the Olympics to my, the right of me right now, Jake, is canoe slalom, which is just oh, like dudes in canoes, like in a very intense uh, do it. You know, stream, I guess I would describe it as. It's kind of how I imagined you accidentally biking through lakes on your trip. Strong stream. Strong stream. Shouts out to Flomax. Um, no ad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say that uh, one of the biggest things for me has been the sweat level mm. is maintained for really long. Like, you know, when you work out and then you shower and then you're still sweating for a while after you've worked out. Yes. Like after your shower, I have that for like four or five hours. Internal body temperature. Yeah. My, my IBT is just skyrocketing as a, somehow I'm in the woods and there's someone on a lawnmower, um, <laughs> right near me. So that's fascinating. Uh, I, well, we can't hear it at least not yet. So I, you're okay, in good, good shape. I have a couple more questions for you, Jake. Yeah. Keep it going. Um, how, how often would you say that Tony LaRusso's face pops into your mind while you're biking? Not once. <laughs> Do you think it will now that I've brought it up? No. I don't I don't even give him the time of day. Wow. I'm not even thinking about him. And I don't what I'm is- too tired. I'm too tired in zone three. You know, my, <laughs> my the thing about biking, my brain goes blank and you just That's relax how it has to be. And you just yeah. soothe into yourself. That's what you can't the elite really think bo- about cyclists items. do. Yeah, exactly. And so like Tony LaRussa, like I don't even have time in like to give like Ned Yost brain space. Yeah, you know, well, let alone TLR. So along not, that not same, once. along that same vein, um, what, what's the weirdest baseball thought you've had over these several hours? Mm. I don't really think a lot about baseball in the like in the saddle. Like, I, I guess I some of the things I'm thinking, like, okay, what am I going to ask the players when we get to where we're going? Is is a big one. Like, but I I what I do often think about is pulling up to uh, guaranteed rate. Like I do envision that and yeah, I have like that the carrot on head. the stick. Yeah. I have the carrot on the stick. I guess I have this vision of like me, Jordan and our buddies, Lucas Giolito and Carlos Rodon doing like a four way high five <laughs> in the parking lot, like outside in this, like that. I that's have pretty thought good. about that's pretty good it's good to aspire are you like to. Are, i like that like are you having like existential thoughts about like where your life is going to be in five years like i find like when i'm on the bike for longer than 60 minutes i'm like 
Where do I want to be in a year from now? Are you having those? Yes, for sure. Um, for me, it's more like, do you know, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Not biking. But so biking to Chicago right? and back? Yeah. You want to do that for the for rest of your life? life? Like, you know, do I want to maybe be a teacher? Like, do I want to do something else? I don't know. But certainly, have I have those existential thoughts all the time. Like, being on the bike is not necessarily anything different. There was one moment where, like, I was biking. This is when we were rolling into Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, which is a real place. Yeah, um, it is. And there was this you can go and get coming... tre- Christmas trees there. You can cut them down yourself. Yeah. I did it two times, I think, when I was a kid. Love it. All right. So this guy is like biking towards me, and like I've maybe seen like ten other people on bikes, and this guy's biking towards me, and he has like. 60 70 pounds of gear on his bike like he's living off of his bike you know and i was like i could do that and then i was like i shouldn't do that like yeah probably not my girlfriend loves me and like you know i like my television so that thought left my brain pretty quickly your brain is probably getting such a nice reset from the little amount of screen time that you're getting over the course of these weeks uh, I have one final question for you, and it's one that at least is a burning question in my mind. I'm not sure if it's burning in the listeners' minds. And that is, um, when you arrive in the evening, do you wash everything that you've been wearing and sweating in all day? Or are you just grinding through day seven of really sweaty biking shorts? Uh, I packed, I think, seven different bike outfits. Um. And that they are in the car. So every day I put on a new one, a clean one, and I have a big trash bag full of dirty laundry that is currently being washed by a friend of mine in Pittsburgh who came to the game in Williamsport and took some dirty laundry for me. Now, last night, Jordan went ahead to Pittsburgh and I spent the night in a tiny little town called Ebensburg. And so I'm currently wearing the same outfit that I biked in yesterday to do my 130 tough i showered in the outfit like i took a full shower with soap like in it and then dried it out to clean it out but generally no i am not wearing stanky stuff multiple days in a row was that the most efficient way to do that i feel like you could have taken a shower out of it and also just washed it off well i put some soap on it and then I took it off and I like stomped around on it like I was making wine with okay. my feet. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's a nice visual. I, there's, there's another question. There's another question that I get a lot from people, which is, what are you listening to? Like, what are you doing on the bike? Um, so I'll just preemptively answer that one. I would probably say that around 30% of the time I have music on. Um, and it's almost always coming out of my speaker, not with headphones. Yeah, for safety purposes. If I'm going to listen to a podcast, for safety purposes, if I'm going to listen to a podcast, I put my headphones in. Now, the one misconception I think that people have is that when you're biking 1,200 miles, you can't put on like pump up music, really. Like when you're working out for 60 minutes, you can throw on like right above it and like, you know, get your, your, your reps in. Because your heart rate can be high because then you're going to... But for me, like I can't, I can't stay pumped up for seven hours. Yeah, so you're just like listening you know? to Bach and Tchaikovsky? It's a lot of Phoebe Bridgers. It's like... <laughs> oh, man. It's a, no, for real. Like my, the, the insane climb that I did yesterday, which was like two and a half, like four miles of climbing about... I climbed like 1,200 feet. Or sorry, 12,000 
1,200 feet. Um, I just put on Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, and that was the length of the climb. Okay. And so you know. it keeps your heart rate down. It keeps you cool, keeps you controlled and relaxed. I want to know if at any point in this trip you're planning on going back and listening to the original episode where you made the promise that you would walk to Chicago as sort of like a cathartic As he's experience. rolling up to guarantee to the rate. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, Absolutely those are not. those are all my questions, Your Honor. I if will allow you, this witness off the stand. Bobby, if you have more questions, you can just call me. If you, the listener, have more questions... You can tweet them at us. You can. Maybe we should do a, a yeah. like a mail. Maybe next week we'll do a mailbag. Sure, sure. So we like will still be on, on the road next week. Next week, I believe we will be recording the day before our arrival um, in, I believe, South Bend, Indiana. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but don't worry. We still have a little bit more trip content. Jake is going to uh, be recording just... from center field of the Notre Dame football stadium. He's going to do a bike right we'll onto it. it. We'll do it next to Touchdown Jesus. I'm in. Uh, we now move to our final segment today, which will also be trip related because that's all we're thinking about. And that is good, bad, ugly, something good, something bad, something Dan ugly that happened to us in the last week. Jake Mitz starts off with something good from the trip. Uh, I think my favorite moment of the, there've been very many good moments climbing over that mountain yesterday. was incredibly fulfilling on a personal level, but I think like the most good moment I had is day two. I was about seven miles from the ballpark. I just pulled off a trail uh, into like Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, right near Moravian College. Shouts out. And there was a guy outside of the Greyhounds yep. just sitting on yep. a bench and he goes, Jake Mitz? And I go, yeah. And he's like, you're doing great. Just wanted to, you know, come out along your route and say you're doing great. And I was like, thanks, man. I can't stay to talk because I got to go. But thank you. We have had a couple people like come and find us at random spots, like in state college yesterday. But that one was my favorite because it was literally like along the route. So like he must have looked at like the the tracker dot and seen where I was going to go at this exact time. And it was just I didn't get the person's name. I didn't talk to them for a while, but it really made my day, and it was very sweet. I love that. Uh, I'm also I was going to go with Mickey Mo, Mickey Moniac, who we saw in Lehigh. Uh, we saw him who's, you know, he just had a really kind of a strange up and down career so far. We had him on our, our original podcast uh, way back uh, when he first got drafted. We talked to Mickey and then we saw him have three extra base hits. Then he homered the next night and then got called up to the Phillies again uh, yesterday. And so I'm really happy for Mickey, but I'm going to go a little bit more big picture for my good, which is really just the first day of the trip, honestly. And just being at Somerset and talking to all the people at Somerset, not just be, not just because the people who ran the team were so excellent and so professional and so organized and so nice and so helpful, um, but just the the experience of going to a minor league game and talking to the people around the ballpark again, including the the Somerset manager Julio Mosquera, former big leaguer, who told some unbelievable stories that we cannot share on this podcast. Sorry, um, <laughs> talking to Mason Martin, a Pirates prospect, Jansen Junk, a Yankees prospect, talking to the broadcasters, talking to like. That is like I just missed that so much, and like that day was tremendous. It was it was so good, and obviously it was just the beginning, and we've had some great experiences already since then. Uh, so no offense to the other stops, but man, that first stop was made me very happy, and uh, and and it really you know reignited the the love for the trips like this. So that was my good. Uh, let's move to the bad, and um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that my bad is the same as your bad because it doesn't get much more bad than what almost happened. So Jake Mintz, why don't you tell us what happened in the 
en route to the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders baseball game on day three of the trip? Well, I've, I've really had two main bad moments, Jordan Schusterman. Uh, and they both happened uh, days that delayed my arrival. Day three and day four. I'll start with day three. Going into Scranton, about eight miles from the ballpark. Got to descend down a mountain. And my GPS told me to make a right turn. And there was a big sign that said, no trespassing. And I trespassed Jordan Schusterman. And I should not have. Yeah, it's fine. You probably thought the sign was joking, right? You're like, ah, nah, come on. I thought it said, no trespassing unless you're on a bike trip to Chicago. Because you said Tony La Russa was never going to get hired. I thought there was like fine print. But that's on me. Whatever. Um, I went through the trust, no trespassing zone. I trespassed the absolute shit out of it. Turns out it was private property and it was like a gun club or like state game lands. And there was some hunting going on and there was like a dead end and the road didn't go through it. I had to like walk through a river bank with my bike. Then I turned around and then there were gunshots like it coming from in front of me, which is never good. And then I saw like an eight-year-old kid doing rifle practice with his dad. And I was like, I am getting the hell out of here. Bad, bad, bad. The first thought you had was, this is going to be my bad on good, bad, ugly. First thing. I was like, <laughs> if I make it out, this is definitely bad. So that was my first bad. And the second bad was on day four. I was about 15 miles from the ballpark in Williamsport. And me and the person I was riding with, uh, our bikes got locked together because the bike lock jammed. And like we, it's like a great bike lock. Let me tell you. Um, and good. so we, too, it was too good, too good. And so went to the dollar store, got a pair of garden shears and spent 20 minutes. Like, you know, like Andy and, uh, and Shawshank, like sawing our way through the bike lock until it went through. And I showed up to Williamsport four minutes before my scheduled interview on the field uh, in that location. <laughs> so those are my bads. Then. Those are some solid bads. And I mean, I'll, I'll just, I mean, I can, I'm not going to top that. Like, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and co-opt and say, I agree. <laughs> um, hopefully those are the worst bads we have for the, the remainder of the trip. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen in the great state of Indiana. We moved to our UGLA. Move to our UGLA. Uh, do you have an ugla this week, uh, Jake? I mean, the whole trip is ugla, so there's a lot to choose from. Um, but uh, would you like me to begin? I'll, I'll go. I'll go quickly. You go first. Uh, I've not told you. Uh, I've not told you about this yet. But uh, I'm just going to go. Keep going with the theme of of running into people, uh, running into baseball players in public. So yesterday we were at the Williamsport Crosscutters game, and yesterday? No, not yesterday. Yes, yesterday. two days ago. No, two days ago. Two days ago. Sorry, we were at the Williamsport Crosscutters game, uh, which was a MLB draft league game. And we saw a few, you know, you know, a lot of college kids, not necessarily super top prospects, so we don't only recognize so many names, but we saw a couple names we recognize, including the great Zacchaeus Raspberry. Zacchaeus Raspberry, one of the most incredible baseball names, two words next together I've ever seen uh, before. I discovered him earlier this college baseball season when I think the Presbyterian Blue Hose were playing on ESPN Plus or something, and I was like, damn, that is a great name. Uh, and apparently a great dude. Everyone's like, oh, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. So then there he was, batting cleanup for the State College Spikes. Oh, my goodness. Fast forward to yesterday. Uh, we're in State College because uh, we're driving there, and uh, 
we stopped there for for brunch and it was delicious. Shouts out to the original Waffle Shop West. Uh, and then afterwards, you guys got on your bike and you continued biking. And I was I had some time to kill, so I, I hopped into a, drove over to a little nice little coffee shop in downtown State College. And I'm sitting there just do work working on a few things. And who walks in? It's Zacchaeus Raspberry. Now, oh, how did you recognize Zacchaeus? Well, he's okay. If you're going to come in wearing your Presbyterian College baseball shirt, I, you know. Th- th- those guys aren't just walking in every day. Uh, so then suddenly there he was once again, Amazing. A, a, a day after the chance encounter of a lifetime where it's just like these guys are popping. You, you never think you'll see these people. And then there they are uh, two days in a row. Uh, I said, hello. I said, hello, sir. Uh, I was the weirdo that tweeted about how great your name is. He's like, oh, that's awesome, man. Thanks. Great to meet you. Nice guy. I wish him the best. I would love to see him in professional baseball at mm. some point. Zacchaeus Raspberry is my ugla. What is yours? Mine is Northland's. Jordan. Um, and I'm just going to let you talk about it. <laughs> yes. 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 All right. Uh, Northlands. Northlands. With a Z. Z. Let's make sure we emphasize the Z. Northlands with a Z. Uh, this is something that Jake discovered um, before. This was on day two of our trip, I believe. Day three? Day two. I don't know. Time runs together. Basically, it is the world's largest miniature land display whatever if you've ever been to a place that basically has a huge like display of trains usually based around trains running you know little electronic trains running around so you know those exist in other places there there was a really cool place uh, near where we grew up uh, in maryland that, that i used to go to as a kid and i loved it but this is claiming to be the world's largest one of those and when we rolled up to it it was like wow this looks pretty crazy it was in it was essentially in a mansion this gigantic unbelievable it looked like a house but it was enormous huge. Um, on the sign of just this highway in Pennsylvania. And uh, we went in. We we bought uh, fairly expensive tickets. But my God, when we went in there, I was like, yeah, you should charge for the world's largest miniature, you know, whatever the hell you want to call it, because this is unbelievable. I think the walkway through it might have legitimately been a mile long. I mean, we sped through it as fast as we could, took as many pictures of the weird stuff we saw. Um, obviously, there were children there because this is more for children. But like, I got to say, that would be if I was seven years old. Blow my mind. That is like a that's a long one. My mind would be blown beyond. But I, it would take me five hours to get through that. Yeah. Place. I mean, my God, you know, we we speed ran, sped ran it, but um, it was incredible. And if you I cannot recommend it enough, like you you will be you will be in awe and and just also laughing at some of the random stuff and and world building that they've created. So, uh, Northlands, very much an ad not sponsoring but you should all go there if you have the opportunity very ugly very very ugly that's it um all right that's it we did it we did go bad ugly jake has to get back on the bike so we're gonna let him do that we will be at the pittsburgh pirates game if you're listening to this the game will probably be starting soon um but uh yeah we'll be in pittsburgh again the whole schedule is on is on the site you can find it on twitter jake made a whole site for the trip so you can check that out Thank you to Jake for co-hosting with me from the woods. Thank you to Bobby Wagner and Mike Wargon for producing this episode of Baseball Barbecue. Uh, again, all the info about the trip, where you can donate, where you can follow along. You can literally follow Jake's bike along live. Uh, all that info you can find on our Twitter very easily. Uh, but until next week, thank you, Jake. Thank you. Happy riding. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.